And we're back. Hello, my name is Steven. I'm Marshall. And you're listening to Androids and Assets, the show where we discuss whatever the fuck is going on with Luke Besant's career. <laughs> uh, that's not what we normally do. At, I think, at any given time. Yeah, I think what we normally do is we talk about uh, the political economy of science fiction, which, in other words, is the way that power is distributed, the way societies are organized, and the way uh, conflict resolution is done. Uh, but today we are returning to our, our we have an annual mandate um, to once a year review uh, a Luc Besson movie. Um, I think we really exhausted, and really we did the two main sort of science fiction ones, um, The Fifth Element and uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. So now we're grasping at straws here and we're doing the, the techno thriller from 2014, Lucy, starring Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Lucy fits firmly in the field of speculative fiction. Like, it's not good, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Sure, but you think it, me- it meets the but genre it, but test? It, it, yeah, it, it right. fits the test. Yeah, because it's like it's like w- the world, but with X. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> sure. That like, is a- imagine that there was a drug that women gave off in the you know first trimester of of pregnancy that instilled in a fetus the desire to live. Imagine you could synthesize that drug. Which you could. Take small quantities of it to get high. It's going to be the best high you've ever experienced. It will probably, like, burn your brain out because it's so good. Right. And now imagine you took very large quantities of it instead of a very small quantity of it. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm very scared now. Marshall, pull me out. (laughs) Pull me out. I'm imagining too hard. And then imagine that it unlocks your full cerebral potential. Okay. And now you can know the unknowable. Okay. And you become Gene Gray of the X-Men until you become a computer. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) Right? That was quite an imaginary journey you took me on, I got to admit. Luke Besson does the same thing, but he stretches it out to 90 minutes. (laughs) Uh, should we maybe talk about why it's called Lucy? What's that a reference to? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is her name Lucy? Her name, Scarlett Johansson's character's name thought. is okay. Lucy. But Lucy is also the the first Australopithecus. Uh, anyway, uh, a very, the earliest kind of female proto-human skeleton. Yeah, and somebody named it Lucy, so that's, that's the name of it. And Luc Besson's movie starts uh, to like 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, and you see, you see Lucy... You know, foraging, living her best life. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's drinking from a stream and yeah. whatever, having some food, and, and I think she using a primitive tool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, don't worry, this is going to be relevant. We're going to come back to it later. Sadly. Woof. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then of course it pans, and you find that now she's in a museum. It's a right. model of yes, her yes, in the yes. future. You're in Taipei, and Scarlett Johansson's character, Lucy, is looking at her. Anyway, one thing leads to another. She becomes a drug mule for a cartel. The drug is the aforementioned drug that Marshall's talking about. CPH4 or something like that. I which so. you know, Which is, a ref- I guess, a reference to a hormone that probably exists. I don't know. I can't be bothered to look it up. I think it actually exists. I don't think yeah. it's actually produced in pregnancy. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot. There's so goddamn many of them, and and they don't. And you know, and you and when you like, I think there's something that happens to people. Like you know, like when I was studying like signal transduction for the brain and stuff, it was like you know, 
you read these things and in like the intro textbook it's like this is responsible for this but that those are always vast oversimplifications right so you might have science journalism it's like yeah this this protein is produced during development for this building this cell type and then abstractly i think the the scientist or the science journalist will uh, affix some sort of causality to that which is probably not entirely true <laughs> No, uh, and, and, and certainly there's not a singular hormone that instills the will to live. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty pretty complex <laughs> phenomena <laughs> there. You want to be you alive. So, uh, yes, Lucy Lucy has this drug, uh, and it's, it's um, put in, in, a, in a little baggie uh, and inserted into her abdomen, along with four yeah. other drug mules or something. I made a very unsanitary surgery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like like this this woman is going to get sepsis and die uh, within a day. <laughs> Likely. Yeah. I mean, it was done in a fancy hotel, so who knows. And then she gets put on like a, a, a whatever, she's in like a dingy place with some unsavory characters and uh, one of them sexually assaults her and when she fights back, he kicks her in the stomach a few times, which is enough to uh, split open and, and rupture the um, the bag and the bag of, of drugs. So then she starts to absorb a large amount of this drug that earlier we saw a small amount of it drove a man uh, completely insane. And, and then he dies. <laughs> and then he died. Yeah. Well, they I mean, they shot him in the head, so that, that wasn't the drug. But, you know. <laughs> Potato. But whatever. But, you know, she's very worried because this amount of drug should probably have, um, if not driven her insane, probably killed her immediately. Um, instead, she starts to, um, she loses her emotions and, and becomes very logical and, and analytical, is able to start to see things that we wouldn't normally be able to see, things outside of like the regular spectrum of light, people's intentions. Uh, she's able to, to um, decipher languages that she's never spoken. Yeah, uh, sure. That seems like things you could learn from a molecule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like it, you, she got like super high and and uh, learned Mandarin. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure many people have thought has happened to them. Uh, I don't <laughs> think. <yeah. laughs> I, I think that that's definitely happened. Like, dude, do I know how to do X now? <laughs> I think I know how to do X now. You can't. You cannot do X. Whatever that is, <laughs> I guarantee you, uh, you didn't learn it from. So she she goes to a hospital and uh, visits a doctor. Uh, well, I mean, she intrudes on a surgery and she looks at a man's x-rays and determines that the malignant tumor in his brain is inoperable and will lead to his death. So she kicks him off the operating table and says, stop operating on him and operate on me instead. He's already a dead man. You know, this is the beginning of her becoming the, the biggest asshole you've ever met. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but she's right about things. So she's right. Matter. She's right. Yeah. And this is where she learns about what the drug is and 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 that it's uh, essential to life. Um, and we see a doctor operate on her without anesthetics because she can just know, shut it off. She just turns it off. She doesn't feel she's things anymore. She has no emotions and 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 no real feelings. Yeah. Because her will to live is so strong. I, I guess. guess. Yeah. She meets her old roommate again, uh, and and you know, provides life advice of like stop eating the way that you're eating. You need to eat this food and this food, and and you have you like you have type one diabetes coming on or something. So, clean up your life. You're gonna kill yourself. And her friend is just sort of like, "What's going on here?" 
she's able to reach out over a phone line to the foremost expert on cerebral capacity. A real thing. Real thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, real thing. Cerebral capacity experts are you know, standing by. She she phones yeah. him on his phone, and he's like, wow, how'd you get this number? She's like, I have all of the numbers. <laughs> and then she appears on his television screen and says, like, do not attempt to adjust your set. We control the horizontal and the vertical. Unlock this door <laughs> There's a door <laughs> behind that door. <laughs> the Lucy Zone. Uh, and he's so impressed that he says, you know what you should do? Come to my university in Paris. I'm at a conference right now, and I have some colleagues who would love to meet you. So so we should maybe pause to talk about the maybe what infuriates me the most about this movie, which is this notion of cerebral yes. capacity. Uh, so for people who don't, I mean, and obviously I don't understand uh, how the brain works. Uh, <laughs> 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 but no, I, I think just in, in terms uh. of, the thing we know about, we don't know everything about the brain, obviously. There's a lot that's still unknown. But I think, in general, there is actually a pretty good working model of the brain, insofar as that you have clusters of neurons uh, that engage in, in chemical signaling with each other, and somehow that produces the phenomena of consciousness. So neuroscientists will iron out the details eventually. Uh, we'll get there. But, uh, but that, that's kind of how the brain works, right? And so... And people look at this and they say, you know, you look at an MRI or an fMRI and you're just like, oh, only little bits are lighting up here and there. Are we just... And I think early on, people who are doing like just looking at blood flow in the brain and stuff and stimulation, they were just like, why is nothing... Why is so little going on here? Why is most of this not on? And, and I think that led to this thing about people only using 10% of their brain. It's not true. It's a myth. It is uh, a complete, yeah, a complete myth. But myth. Yeah, it really, but anyway, but it really led to this. And then it led to, so then, then it led to a bunch of, you know... Uh, idiots uh, <laughs> mostly in the 70s speculating that humans were somehow like blocked from attaining their full potential and that you know and that if we could just t- s- turn on that other 90 percent of capacity well then we'd be doing stuff and like imagine how much we can do right now yeah. and that's only with 10 percent. yeah multiply that by nine what if we doubled that yeah. you could watch nine more episodes of the boys or whatever it is you do you wouldn't be using it very constructively the so boys now streaming on <laughs> on amazon prime yeah i don't like the where they're going uh, i was I'm, the finale bo- of season two bothered me but anyway we led to this idiot thing but the real thing is like the reason your brain is working because your brain is a bunch of different things that do specific jobs so your part of the brain that does the thing you're doing is working at any given time and you want the part of your brain that does I want the part of my brain that is used for talking to Marshall to be on right now. I don't want the part of my brain that runs and hides from a wolf working right now. Yeah, so like you you know, you you have different parts of your brain and it's good that they're not all on all the time. And there is actually something that happens when your brain when all of the parts of your brain or, or a bunch of the parts of your brain turn on at once and that's called a seizure. <laughs> 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 And, and we generally don't think of it as a higher state of existence. <laughs> so the whole premise of this that, you know, that, that then our human potentiality is infinite and blocked by some barrier in our physiology uh, that we just need to hack is extremely disingenuous. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's built on a very flawed premise. And then flows that as a whole bunch of other bullshit ideology things um, that I think are also present in this. But anyway, let's let's carry on. We, 
Well, no, I mean, I, I I don't know if we need to actually like summarize the whole rest of the movie. It really is basically like like I described, except like she's also running from her uh, her criminal captors. She yeah. she was a drug mule, and they want their drugs back. So they have agents all over the world, and and she's forced to you know collaborate with a variety of European police agencies to uh, apprehend these unwitting drug mules. Before, well, I guess they're not unwitting; these um, <laughs> um, unwilling collaborators yeah. before the criminals are able to get a hold of them, so they can prevent the release of this drug onto the street. Also, because she wants to take all of the drug herself. Yeah, um, to to turn into like a computer. She's a super addict to now. calculate. <laughs> <laughs> she's a Please, we prefer the term super user. Right, sorry. She's yeah. a super user. Yeah. She'll train She's everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Pairs up with the police. The The criminals come after. Yeah. She gets to Morgan Freeman's yeah. university and says, like, I just need, like, an hour. And her cop friend is like, I will get you that hour. And she begins the process of turning into a computer. The criminals begin the process of Breaking blowing up the door. a university. <laughs> and the police begin the process of slowly dying under a hail of bullets. Uh, she gets her hour, turns into a computer, and then shatters into just a USB stick that Morgan Freeman takes and is like, aha, the future. And the movie's well, over. Roll credits. That's it. That's the movie. And I guess the, and then, yeah. Uh, I think that the, the bad guys are Korean or Chinese. <laughs> Gangster Asian. It's not clear. Asian. They're, <laughs> e- they're East Asian. Vaguely pan Asian. <laughs> Just weirdly, weirdly deeply racist yeah, that way. Super deeply racist. So if we go back to talking about this this idea that, oh, you just need to use more of your brain uh, and then we can do great things. Because they they explicitly sort of look at, at some at early on in the movie, Luke Besson is like, here are the things that humanity has done and shows various facets of civilization. Residential towers and like business, like skyscrapers that he shows and large cities. Yeah, and Taipei. Farming collectives yeah. and, you know, like he's sort of like, look at what we have accomplished yeah. as human. He works to just oppose, you know, the Australopithecus with modern engineering ostensibly uh, yeah uh, and, and and sort of says like well modern engineering if you look at modern engineering that's what humanity has accomplished and in some ways it's sort of like a derisive look at it too well look what we've done we have we have roads and traffic now yeah hooray ha 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 ha, ha. look how Aren't far we we've so come. advanced you know we haven't even left our planet we haven't even unlocked the fuel, full potential of the atom and you're sort of like so what do you say in here? Like, if only each one of us individually, a superhuman, things would be better. The collective efforts that we've experienced thus far in are laughable. Because I think, like, we've done some pretty incredible things. Oh, horrifying. Yeah. The planet is dying. Yeah, we might just kill ourselves, but yeah, uh, with it. But, like, we did that. <laughs> It's called Who, terraforming, what dude. What other animal has terraformed the entire planet, right? I'd prefer that we didn't necessarily do it, or at least not do it in the way that we are doing it, you know, but but it's happening. Sure, we have, like, traffic, but we also have hospitals. There are some really cool collective things that have happened. Yeah, well, We've yeah. defeated a variety of viruses and, and d- diseases that not long ago threatened to destroy us. Sure, but in but in the but in the ideology of the movie... That was singular geniuses making decisive discoveries out of their vast intellect and single-handedly advancing humanity forward in leaps. And so in this movie, Lucy is that person out of their individually vast intellect making another paradigmatic shift, you know, um, which is very much the ideology, I think, the ideology and the history and the kind of flawed 
history of science that we have in our milieu. Yeah, the the flawed history of science. Yeah, I think so. And Luc Besson just sort of like buys into this wholesale by one like perpetuating a myth that has been absolutely and completely debunked. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, like I wouldn't blame somebody for having watched like watching this movie and being like. I need to find a drug like that so that I can do a great thing. Instead of being like, ah, I wish I was born to rich parents so that I could do a great thing. Yeah, well, they think, and this is, I mean, this is really where we have to get into the counterfactual about that that theory, that, that modality of science. So there's like this kind of general way of understanding science is like, great people have thrown us forward a scientific and development, and science is always uh, moving up. It's a building, Right. And then so people, you know, like Darwin built the first fl- Darwin, well, Darwin didn't build the first floor. Archimedes built the first floor. And then Plato built the second floor. It's a bad analogy. But, you know, like, yeah, everything, every discovery builds on successive discoveries. And great geniuses are moving us towards uh, the top of a, this if Babylonian. If I seen so far, it's only because I was standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, exactly. Or, or exactly, the, the yeah. you know, the floors that they built. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> standing on the, the patios of giants. Standing on the private jets of, of giants, funders. Uh, yeah, that I have seen far. <laughs> Only by uh, something about Steven Pinker getting a hand job on uh, Epstein's <laughs> Island. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> that guy's a monster. Anyway, so, yeah. So, Epstein? this was, uh, yes, Epstein, but also Steve Pinker. Yeah, Steven uh, Pinker's yeah. a terrible Fuck human that being. guy. Uh, anyway, that's an official Andrews and Assets <laughs> position on Steve Pinker. But anyway, yeah. So, you had this, anyway, you had. In a real big way, this whole concept of science was continuously progressive, moved forward, and it was on this historical telos, right? It was, it was a journey with an end point in mind. Uh, and then in 1962, a guy called Thomas Kuhn publishes a book titled The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. Uh, and this, it's a very important text. Uh, I think anyone who like studies historiography or studies the history of science knows it. It's quite a famous text. And Basically, what Kuhn says is, Kuhn says, you know, really, uh, we kind of got it all wrong. Science doesn't move in a line, and it's not really advanced by geniuses. Uh, it kind of, these things are actually the product of collective efforts um, and, are, and are kind of subordinate to broader so- social trends. Then he kind of, you know, he t- and so one thing he talks about is the example of calculus, right? Calculus emerges in Europe with Leibniz and Newt at the same, roughly the same time. And they're not talking to each other, right? Like the, these guys produced this work in a, in a scholastic context. And that, you know, and so it's like, it wasn't because they were so smart. It was actually because the, the collective effort of the scholars and the environments was ready to produce that discovery. And this happens a lot, you know, like things happen more or less next to each other across space. The social condition and the collective effort of thinkers to produce these things. And that also, and it's not really in progress, uh, because they're subject to a society, that society can believe something wrong. And they will then push their 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 scientific fa- the faculties to, to confirm those biases. So science will go down long, painful digressions, right? <laughs> like, like very stupid things will be believed um, or will be purported as scientific ideas. And actually people might have to walk back Right, mm-hmm. so we, mm-hmm. we're not always going forward. Sometimes we actually have to go quite a bit back and throw out a whole bunch of stuff we did and go back even to an earlier belief, because that was more correct. Right, um, so it's not you know he says so he kind of says we're not moving forward. There's no great geniuses. It's really a social phenomenon, mm-hmm. and we start understanding science that way. We actually we kind of become able to do it better. 
actually because we're doing it we see it as not as being like because when you have this system where you just have like yeah and occasionally science god will put a genius among you who will present you with something wonderful and then you just have to follow it you know uh, like like the Faithfully. stone tablet from heaven yeah from the mountain you, you can't think scientifically about that you know like then you're just doomed whole pseudoscience of of history um but you know anyway so i, I think this is really fundamental the kind of central misnomer about science and about intellect and about development and discovery that lays at the heart of this movie yeah for sure for sure it absolutely does but i think it's also like that that view is alluring to to people of of sort of like a, a certain ideological bent yeah absolutely because it's actually because it's it's a really central myth to uh fordism yeah to fordism or, or to like like the nolan superman yeah <laughs> right like yeah well yeah it yeah sort of from aristotelianism forward yeah uh and, and i think it also kind of by that logic like also kind of important to randianism you yeah know? like yeah certainly of course what does like you soft know, randianism soft well soft and hard randianism would both i mean because if you look at what is it atlas shrug like the whole concept is in atlas shrug you have a guy who singularly reared in, in his singular genius singularly invents Reardon steel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I think we see this, and the main articulation we see it today, you know, we can talk about Ford and uh, and Sloan, but the place where we really see it today is Silicon Valley. Yeah, like e Elon Musk is like, <laughs> he, that man is a visionary. And, you know, I'm willing to give him some credit. He's not a dumb guy. No, well, <laughs> he's not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's out on that one. <laughs> He is relatively visionary, right? Like, we, we knew the electric car was going to be coming, but he poured a lot of money into it uh, and took relatively big risks to really, like, push Moore's law on, on batteries. batteries. He didn't invent better batteries, uh, and no single scientist is like, I invented the best battery, but it was time for a battery. A lot of technologies have come out recently that have, like, advanced our understanding of batteries and he poured a lot of money in it to like commercialize it yeah and, and, and so we have a lot better batteries because of him yeah. and yeah. they're they're going to become widely available you know in relatively short order yeah. and a lot of that is thanks to him but he's also like planning on being able to bomb anywhere in the world at any time so you know, like yeah, he, I mean, he, his his vision of the world is really really insane if you drill down into it at all. Yeah, because he's not yeah, because he's kind of a crazy person and, and like a real insane narcissist. Like he didn't even start Tesla, right? Like he bought Tesla. Of course, in the contract for the purchase of Tesla, he had a clause in there that he would buy. He was in part buying the naming right to call himself founder. Yeah, yeah co-founder yeah. of Tesla. So you, when you read about Tesla. I think we've talked. I think Corey Doctor talked about this when he was on the podcast. I um, think so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think we talk about Elon Musk and his money. Elon Musk didn't just. Elon Musk did put a lot of his own money into battery technology, but more importantly, Elon Musk convinced the government. Yes, to yes. put a lot of money into batteries. Uh, that he that he that he he. I mean, we talk about Elon Musk being one of the greatest, one of the biggest recipients of social assistance of all time, and he did that to get government to put money into his battery company for sure. And, you know, like, he spurred a lot of government investment into space technology again, right? Yeah. They, they let it flounder for a long time, and, and he was like, I'm private sector, you should invest in me, government. Which, yeah. You know, it was like, oh, it kind of boggles the mind that you can have, like, a, a single funder in the private sector and, and yet somehow not be 
the public. Well, sector. yeah, I mean, well, this this, <laughs> I, this drives at a broader problem with tech companies writ large, right? Is the sense that these these if you when you look at these profiles of these companies, they're actually not good businesses because they're either a company with a single client, SpaceX, which is I think from like a risk, uh, an investment and risk perspective, never something you want to see in a company. So what's well, your profit unless streams? It's, unless it's well, the government, <laughs> for one and they from have the no gov- other option. Yeah, but I mean that's well, and they have no other option, uh, and that's tempestuous. That's like so. that's that's exactly what you want. Well, it it is, but 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 what you're but then what you're banking on is then the the corruptness of the state, and you're not actually banking on the merit of that company, which I you mean, can do. You know, which, yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're in the end days of an empire. Corruption is rampant. Yeah, yeah. But but essentially, then, but with a lot of these tech companies, that's what people are banking on in the tech companies. They're banking on the social engineering aspect of that tech company, which is usually just a contrivance to shirk regulation, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and, and 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 anyway, and to, and so to loop this all back around, the, but this all gets packaged and sold to people as great singular visionaries advancing human history forward. With that, then kind of comes this notion that people need to have an encumbrance on them to get out of the way mm-hmm. of these great people who are doing something truly amazing. You don't want to be the sheriff from Footloose oh. who told the, the people they couldn't dance That's and right. then batteries were invented. <laughs> I may have not seen Footloose all the way to the end. But but you, you you sort of see this like illustrated in what are supposed to be, you know, like they're, they're theatrical choices and, and plot choices and whatever. But they're also telling that like when Lucy is with her, her new uh, uh, cop friend, uh, she says, I'm going to drive. And he says, like, something about, like, have you ever driven before or something? And she's like, no, I don't have a driver's license. But she's so smart, she can just drive and navigate Paris, a city she's never visited, better than he can. And not only can she, like, navigate it better, it's like she can she can drive against the flow of traffic and is able to perfectly predict what drivers are going to do and see the spaces that are going to open up and then occupy those spaces at high speeds in reverse going the wrong direction against the flow of traffic. All of these things, any one of them is difficult on its own. First time that she's driving, she's able to master all of them simultaneously because she has a Tesla autopilot. Sponsored her. (laughs) (laughs) That was very sardonic. I don't think. (laughs) It was wonderful. And her cop friend is first reticent and then is sort of like in awe and is like, oh, you know what? Like this was the right decision. I did need to just get out of her way and let her do what needed to be done. In the broader world of 2014 uh, that that Lucy is published in, this is, coincidentally, I don't think they're really related in any way, but coincidentally, this is the period where Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos are experiencing absolute ascendancy in the media. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the story of Theranos, we don't, I don't even have time to go into it all in detail. But Theranos is ostensibly a company that a woman, star- a, a very charismatic uh, young woman uh, started, which promised to deliver a machine that could like analyze, diagnose, and treat people based on a very small amount of blood. <laughs> and she got a lot, a lot of money and a lot, a lot of attention. And it was all a lie. <laughs> because she presented herself... She styled herself as one of these absolutely visionary people, and she got a lot of it, and she was very confident, <laughs> and she got a lot of attention and a lot of money, and ultimately, you know, her investors, it all went bust, um, and she was, because she was a fraud, <laughs> but she was able to be very successful for, from 2003 to 2018, 
when Theranos finally collapsed under the weight of securities fraud investigation. And this is really an incident, an incident of what happens when people are believing this singular great genius theory. Whenever people pressed her on, like, what are you doing? What do you have? And like, trust me, I am a singular great genius. Well, okay, we have to. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right. I trust you, of course. Your, your brilliance is you were speaking Mandarin when you were eight. So clearly you know how to make, uh, or whatever it is, you know, who never even finished her undergraduate degree, <laughs> had had with her own, through her own true grit. I don't know, I think Lucy coming out of this time is, again, not causal, but I think it's indicative of, like, how this was really, uh, you know, something people, this was really a very dominant way of thinking about things, mm-hmm. particularly amongst the ruling class. Yeah, I, I think it still is a dominant way yeah, of thinking. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, and this is the treatment that all of the tech, you know, that, the you know, Sergey Brin and Peter Thiel and, you know, all these... All these guys uh, get Mark Zuckerberg. You know, these are the treatment all these guys get, and they're all guys except for the one woman who they destroyed. <laughs> Don't read too much into that. I'm sure it's nothing. <laughs> I think, but I think we're going to have a real problem here, where we're on the eve of the election in the U.S., and one of these tech genius wunderkinds is probably going to pick the next president. Insofar as, insofar as Facebook is is positioning itself to render judgment on who gets on who wins the election uh, and will enforce that on its social media platform all, all that to say i think this, this is like this again i we think science fiction is generally the byproduct of ideology right and i think this is the ideology that lucy most powerfully articulates that and then sexism in the treatment of the scarlett johansson's character uh, yeah sexism and racism and it's just sort of like not ever examined or, or questioned. Yes, all of the Asians are bad people. They're all evil. Don't worry about it. The Europeans are good people. Paris is the center of, of everything wonderful. Given France's colonial legacy in what is now Vietnam, <laughs> the notion of disgruntled Asians coming and killing French people is uh, takes on a rather sinister tone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about sinister necessarily, but yeah. I guess if it's a French person doing like doing the theorizing of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it's sinister. Yeah. Then it's sinister. Yeah, so that's 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 Lucy. She turns into a computer. I'm not really sure what is to come of it. She also travels in time, and I don't know if that's um, supposed to be a true time travel or if that's supposed to be just like a perception of, you know, she understands the nature of humanity and is a, a metaphor of time travel. Yeah, I think it's like her. There's like she's like living outside of time, maybe. But Lucy, like Lucy, the the Australopithecus responds to lucy the supercomputer so i was like is this supposed to be real time travel like if you take enough of this drug you can travel through time on your way to becoming uh, an advanced computer because like that might be worth it we could definitely synthesize some and and see what happens if i put a baggie of it inside your stomach and then beat the shit out of you you can just inject uh, no, 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 no. We need to recreate well. the exact... You know, a- adding less <laughs> uh, less accurate measurements to your experiment never makes it better. Yeah, but we're like, recreating the original uh, Yeah, well, I think what you need to do is... Situation, yeah, scenario. Need, well, yeah, because what you need to do is you need to split that up into multiple experiments, right? So first you need to put a bag of, of a marker inside me. Right. Then you need to rupture or damage the bag, perforate the bag, install it inside me, leave it for a set period of time, remove it, and then you need to test my blood to check the rate of absorption yeah in, yeah and then from that you would then derive the dose and you could dr- issue me the dose and then you could see what happened man you're gonna be under the knife so many times. <laughs> i am <laughs> you could also i mean you could also do that first in situ experiment with like something that's not a human right you could do it with an animal you could just adjust the relative you would body do mass. you are a sicko 
doing that to an animal. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that's disgusting. This is, how, this is how science works. I know people who breed oh, rats now you're to really have heart disease. <laughs> that's Lucy. It's um, it's the best thing about it is that it's ninety minutes long. Barely qualifies as a feature length film. Single best quality. And I mean, I guess like it, it has Morgan Freeman and and Scarlett Johansson in it. So like, I, I, somehow they were duped into doing this, and they're they're great. They're they're both you know. They, they they're both wonderful. They, they make their marks. They say their lines. They say it with <laughs> conviction. Uh, so good for them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. They they did the job. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, but the movie it takes a flawed premise and takes it to a flawed conclusion. If you're gonna do science, don't do it this way. <laughs> Use a rat, please. <laughs> like, do many controlled studies and and you know. Test things and, and don't just assume that you're a genius. I want to see the movie you're going to make, Marshall. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> In moving to closing, I think, Marshall, we're going to try something new. Because this is our fourth. We are embarking on our fourth year of doing this podcast. Yes. So, you know, hence the, the annual Lupuson ritual. So w- what are we doing new this year? That's what's coming down the pipe for, for year four of Andrew's. For our, our senior year of podcasting before we graduate and go on to our God pod masters. Briefly talk about something that we are, uh, some, some form of media that we are consuming outside of what we talk about on the show. I mean, I, I leave from our podcast sessions and go and stay in a black box. <laughs> <laughs> And don't do anything when I'm not podcasting. So I don't know what I, you mean. I listen to our entire back catalog <laughs> over and over and over again. I have no other inputs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that sounds like a good idea. Um, and I think it's a good way for us to kind of do bits on things that maybe don't, we can't really do a whole episode on or don't really super fit. Um, yeah. I do want to talk about, I do want to plug, I think, two books that I read relatively recently. One is The Structure of Scientific Revolutions by Thomas Kuhn, which I reread recently and, and quite enjoyed. Uh, and the other one I also n- mentioned in this episode, which is only coincidence that I read it recently, was um, John Carreyou's Bad Blood, which is a pretty good recounting of what happens with Theranos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think is a, is a quite a, quite, a comp- quite an interesting piece of journalism. And it's really just a really good story about how like a, just a very like self-assured young person uh duped james mattis <laughs> yeah. which you know I, i'm all for so <laughs> is she still a billionaire or is she no, no, lost I everything I think, no, I think she's i mean i don't know i'm sure she has fans like um but i think she i don't think i don't think she carries a lot of water anymore her name is pretty well draped in the mud i don't know i'm not sure her status or where she is today per yeah. se Hey, she's a hero. <laughs> she's a hero and a villain. She's both. <laughs> hero and, and, and a Amer- true American anti-hero. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I have been reading, slowly, but, you know, getting through it. Something that is, like, uh, I'm just going to say completely, it's not completely outside of my wheelhouse. Something that is uh, on the periphery of my wheelhouse. Uh, Deal with the Devil by Kit Roca. It is uh, the first, I think, uh, in the Mercenary Librarians. It's a, a, a new series that... Uh, Kit Roca is a, a writing team. Mercenary Librarians is sort of like a, it's a it's a um, genre mashup of of science fiction 
uh, and dystopia and uh, romance. So uh, there are a, a lot of uh, lingering glances from one character onto another character's ass, which is something that I don't usually have in the book that I'm reading. So this is this is new for me. But being a mercenary, that's the wheelhouse part. Yeah. This is yeah. set in uh, you know a future United States. It's a, a failed state. The techno core, corpse techno corpse. I think it's core. Well, no, because it's corpse of the corporations. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. If it's a corporation, then it's a corp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like the Marine Corps. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's yeah. like not corpse like a dead body, and not core as in like a military organization, but like corpse, plural corporations, but the the shortened yeah. form of it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The the techno corps that uh, control some portion of of southeastern uh, the United States. Um, and it's mostly a failed state. I really loved the map uh, at the beginning of the book because it was just one of those things where you're sort of like, wow, this is such an American map. Because <laughs> it was still the United States with like a contiguous, like uh, like one flat contiguous border on the north. Yeah. 49th parallel. <laughs> no, much below the 49th parallel. <laughs> all of the Great Lakes were in Canada. The All of the Great Lakes oh, were, so. were inside Canada. Okay. Uh, but it was still basically like a, a straight line across from there. Like they'll take the southernmost point on a Great Lake, and then just draw a straight line across parallel to the 49th. Canada parallel. is annexing one third of Oregon, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like that's all Canada now, and take and and then move the border of Mexico north a bit, and that's all Mexico. And then in the United States, you've got the Technocorps, and you've got uh, this failed like this this successor state and you've got this successor so like the, the united states fell apart and the washington gerontocracy <laughs> and and then canada was bigger and just like took more of them and mexico was bigger and just took more of them but nothing else i was like that that's such an american view the canadian mexican alliance <laughs> that yeah. it's just like yeah canada will be fine uh we don't have to think about it which is you know generally how most americans don't think yeah, about Canada they, right now. They don't realize that Canada is like Canada is like tied to them, and when they tie an anchor around their own neck, they pull us down with them. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. It, if they end yeah. up with a, a bunch of yeah. failed states in the United States, the odds are Canada will probably end up in a similar situation. It will be like the Western Cowboys, the the BC <laughs> like potheads. <laughs> oh. Canada is a high school, and <laughs> and we Nova are only, Scotia is just going to be yeah, and we are only fishermen. One, we are only one teacher sick day away from reverting to complete uh, tribal rule. That's right. Yeah, with anyway. one mean click at the top. Deal with the devil, Kit Roca. I'm enjoying it. It's um, it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So you've been listening to Androids and Assets. Thank you so much for tuning in uh if you're interested in hearing more of our thoughts we also uh have recently revived the androids and assets blog for god knows how long that will last so uh, i believe there's a post on there about tom clancy right now uh, and there might be another one by the time this comes out uh, so tom we'll clancy part one yeah. of a three-part series two or three parts that series. i suspect is gonna balloon out into a <laughs> a five-part and possibly seven-part series <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I mean, you got I got to do one for every book. I <laughs> the first one's just about the Hunt for Red October. And but that's going to be a, a twenty-four part series of Tom Clancy. We're going to just turn into yeah. a Tom Clancy. We're a Tom Clancy blog. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 science fiction podcast with a Tom Clancy <laughs> blog on yeah. the side. Yeah, you know, I just, I just want to do one. Ab- I just want to do one about like Tom Clancy, one about Jack Ryan, and one about um, the the TV show on Amazon, like and what's going on with it now. Uh, Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah, but like the Tom Clancy after he died. Like how, how Tom Clancy Inc. now exists, uh, which I think is gonna be fun. Anyway, uh, check it out. I would really appreciate it, and would welcome any comments you have. If you want to get a hold of us, I'm Steve Droids on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, Econo Boyd on Twitter, and you can email us at info at androidsandassets.ca. The show is also on Twitter uh, at Asset Droid. The next time you're at a scientific science convention uh, with all of your fellow PhDs talking about how you're just waiting for the next super scientist to come and advance your field to the next level, uh, maybe uh, turn us on for all of your colleagues. You can listen to us while you uh, also complain about dwindling budgets for your departments. Bye-bye. <laughs> start coming and they don't stop coming back to the rules and you hit the ground running does it make sense to live for fun your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb so much to do so much to see so much living in the back streets so what's wrong with taking the back streets so what's wrong with taking the back streets you'll never know if you don't go you'll never shine if you unlock this door with the key of imagination beyond it is another dimension a dimension of sound a dimension of sight a dimension of mind do 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 do